0: it was Saturday night when the Lunar New Year Festival ended in Monterey Park, California. It's a small city of about 60,000 people just east of Los Angeles. And people there were really looking forward to this year's celebration.
1: The Lunar New Year Festival is the biggest event on Monterey Park's calendar every year. And this was the first time it happened since the pandemic.
0: Reese Thiebaud is The Post's West Coast
1: correspondent. It was just this joyous celebration for a city that is two-thirds Asian-American. And a couple hours later, a gunman walked into a dance studio, not far from where the festivities were happening, and uh, he killed 11 people and wounded 10 more.
0: We return to our top story now. Out of Monterey Park, California, at least 11 people died in a mass shooting during what should have been a joyous holiday weekend.
1: So I woke up on Sunday morning and went straight to Monterey Park to talk to residents and talk to the community's leaders about what had just happened. And one of the first people I spoke with was Mayor Henry Lowe. You know, the Lunar New Year represents renewal. And also it's the rabbit, which represents um, uh, hope and peace. Um, And I think that, uh, you know, we as a community, you know, we need to start a process of healing. Um, and that means providing uh, for counseling, mental health services for the victims and their families, finding out how we can support them in their time of need. I talked to Mayor Lowe about just how his community has responded to this kind of violence that they had never seen before. I mean, it's Not far from Los Angeles, which, uh, you know, has a much higher crime rate, but a lot of people described Monterey Park as really uh, this safe haven and kind of the last place that they would expect a mass shooting to happen. You know, I, I think he was just trying to process things, just like his neighbors. He has spent the last two decades in Monterey Park, and even when I talked to him, I think he was still in a state of shock like everyone else.
0: Monterey Park wasn't the only recent mass shooting in California. Last week, six people were killed in a small town in the Central Valley. We're learning gruesome and disturbing new details tonight about a cartel-like shooting that killed six people in Goshen. On Monday, seven more people were killed in Half Moon Bay, south of San Francisco. We're following breaking news out of the Bay Area tonight, where police are responding to another shooting, this one in Half Moon Bay. The San Mateo County Sheriff's Office says at least seven people have been killed. That's 24 people dead in three different shootings. And that death toll doesn't even include all the other gun violence that unfolds across the state every day. Reese has been reporting on how these communities are coping with this violence. But he's also been reporting on California's gun laws.
1: The last week has been really striking because I cover California and it's been shooting after shooting in a state with some of the strictest gun laws in the country. And it raises this now unavoidable question, you know, if this can happen here in a place with such tight restrictions, it can really happen anywhere. And it shows the limits, I think, of the kind of piecemeal state-by-state approach to gun control legislation.
0: From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Elahe Izadi. It's Wednesday, January 25th. Today, after a series of mass shootings in California, we take a closer look at gun control in the state. Reese explains how unique California's gun laws are, what could change now, and what any state could do to stop these tragedies in a country awash in guns. Reese, I am interested in learning more about what gun control measures do exist in California. Can you walk us through some of the laws that California has that many other states do not have?
1: Yeah, California is often held up as a poster child for gun control and an enemy of groups like the NRA. And that's an earned reputation. If you want to buy a gun in California, you have to submit to a background check and wait 10 days, at least 10 days, while your application is processed. And if someone thinks you're a danger to yourself or to other people, authorities can take your guns away. And that's something known as a red flag law. California is one of the few states that has one of those on the books. And there's also this long and growing list of what the state calls assault weapons that you're not allowed to have. And that includes... Many kinds of semi-automatic rifles, pistols and shotguns, magazines that can hold more than 10 rounds and guns outfitted with features, you know, designed to make them more stealthy or more deadly.
0: How long have California's gun laws been on the books? Did something prompt them to to be able
1: to pass these measures? If you really want to go back, uh, you can start in the late 1960s when the Black Panther Party was conducting these armed patrols in Oakland, and that was something called cop-watching, which was meant to be a check on, you know, racist police brutality.
0: If we saw the police uh, brutalize anyone, we put an end to this. Usually, the police wouldn't brutalize anyone if we were on hand because we were armed.
1: And eventually, the Black Panthers marched into the state capitol in Sacramento, holding their guns. And very soon after, the state legislature banned the open carry of loaded weapons. Mm. Governor Ronald Reagan uh, was in office then. He signed the bill into law. And it was supported by Democrats and Republicans and even the NRA. The modern gun restrictions date to uh, 1989, when a gunman used an assault weapon to kill five children at a schoolyard in Stockton. Witnesses say a lone gunman walked onto the
0: campus at Stockton's Cleveland Elementary School and opened fire with a machine gun. At the
1: time, four to 500 first, second, and third graders were playing during their lunch period. That incident really galvanized state lawmakers, and they banned assault-style weapons soon afterwards.
0: Given the existing laws, are there actually any holes in them? Uh, Do they not go far enough, at least according to gun control advocates?
1: Yeah, there are all sorts of loopholes. And phrases like assault weapons ban, they tend to sound more ironclad than they really are. There are all sorts of ways that gun makers have tried to skirt those rules. So one common way is they make special California-compliant editions of their guns, outfitted with specific features that exploit these specific loopholes in California law. But I think the bigger problem is just the sheer number of guns in America. You know, there are more guns than people here. And even though California has relatively strict laws, our states don't have checkpoints at their borders. And It's really easy to drive into a state with laxer rules, buy a gun, and drive that gun back into a state with strict rules, basically undetected.
0: Reese, is that sort of like the fundamental issue here at the heart of this? Because, you know, California does have these strict gun laws, and yet these kinds of mass shootings still happen there. And Now we're hearing, you know, what we hear when we often hear in the the wake of these sorts of events, we hear politicians and others who oppose gun control pointing to what's happened in California as an example of see gun control measures don't stop gun violence. That's not what is needed. But is it what you're saying here, suggesting that kind of the fundamental issue is no matter what you do in California, it doesn't affect what's happening next door?
1: Yeah, that's right. You talk to experts on this subject and ask them, why, why can this still happen in a place like California? And they'll just say, guns, there are so many guns and uh, and it's so easy to move them across state lines. And the, those experts will also say that you can't judge the effectiveness of a suite of state laws, you know, based on a few incidents. And, you know, studies have shown that there's actually far less gun violence in California than in states with looser rules. So while people will point to these incidents and say they are examples of gun control not working, others will will say, you know, you have to look at the broader picture. And if you do that, you'll see that uh, California has lower rates of gun violence than some other states. California is by far the most populous state in the country. So there is naturally a lot of gun violence here and uh, a lot of shootings. But if you look at the per capita numbers, so if you take into account the state's population, California has among the lowest rates of gun deaths in the country. And it's a rate far lower than Texas and Arizona and a whole bunch of states with looser gun laws. So one of The most stunning statistics comes from this organization called Public Policy Institute of California. And they found that compared to citizens of other states, Californians are about 25% less likely to die in mass shootings.
0: That's a pretty stunning statistic, I think. Because when these sorts of things happen, it can feel like, oh, this could happen at any point. But this analysis has found that Californians are actually less likely to die in mass shootings.
1: Right. And, you know, it shows that two things can be true. Like you just said, we hear after every one of these that, you know, it shows that it can happen anywhere, even in your own backyard. But at the same time, there are impacts of gun control and of these laws, at least according to studies like this one.
0: After the break, Reese breaks down what could be next for gun control, not just in California, but across the country. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. So, Reese, how has California, which already has these strict gun laws, responded in the wake of these recent shootings? Has the governor said anything about them?
1: Yes. California's governor, Gavin Newsom, has renewed his calls again for federal action on gun control measures. It's a disgrace only in America. And we're better than that. We're supposed to be leading the world, not just responding to these mass crises and expressing damn prayers and condolences.
0: I mean, he sounds really angry there. Is that the sentiment that you're seeing lawmakers in the state express?
1: Yeah. A lot of people are furious and they're frustrated. And Newsom specifically has directed his anger at Republicans, both in his state and nationally, who have really been the the biggest obstacles to new gun legislation. Yeah, Republicans and conservatives and, you know, people who want looser gun laws, they've pointed to the shootings in California as an example of why gun control legislation is ineffective and should be abandoned. But as we talked about, it's a lot more complicated than that.
0: And what about statewide legislation? I know that Gavin Newsom is saying there needs to be something done and more done on the federal level. But Is there any legislation just within the state of California on the horizon?
1: Yeah, these shootings will only intensify California lawmakers' gun control efforts, which were already underway before they happened. There are a number of bills that are already in the works. Uh, One of them is a proposed tax on firearms and ammunition sales, and the revenue from that will go to gun violence prevention efforts. There's also what's essentially a do-over of a bill that Democrats tried to pass last year, which would put new limits on concealed weapons uh, after the Supreme Court overturned a similar law in New York, which then invalidated California's existing measure. There's a fight that could be potentially heading to the Supreme Court over a law California passed last year that would allow private citizens to sue gun dealers who break the law, that was a deliberate attempt to mirror a Texas law that would allow people to sue abortion providers. And what California did is uh, author a a bill essentially designed to do the same thing, but for guns, you know, basically trolling for a legal showdown.
0: You know, re-stepping back and just thinking nationally, I remember last year, after the shooting in Uvalde, Texas at Robb Elementary School, Congress did pass and, and President Biden did sign into law what was the most sweeping gun control bill passed in 30 years. And I think the fact it just took so long for something to happen speaks to how politically charged doing anything on gun control is. But as you also mentioned, you know, the Supreme Court is has made a decision that you know, seems to be going the other way. So I'm just wondering, after these recent mass shootings in California, what can happen or is happening on the federal level right now?
1: Like Newsom, President Biden has also called for federal action, something that would look like the assault weapons ban that he himself as senator helped pass in 1994, but that then expired 10 years later and was never renewed. After these shootings, Biden has said we need another one of those.
0: And yesterday, uh, uh, my buddy Diane Feinstein reintroduced her Senate uh, uh, um, weapon assault weapons ban. I am asking you all to send that to my desk as quickly as you can. It's really needed badly.
1: But that last federal action you mentioned happened in a totally different political landscape when Democrats controlled both houses of Congress. And now with a split Congress, you know, federal legislation becomes even harder to pass as Republicans control the House and will be likely to block any significant gun control efforts. And, you know, another challenge at the national level is that the Supreme Court is divided six to three in favor of conservatives, which, is uh, a really favorable outlook for those who are pushing to overturn existing gun control laws.
0: So things could even move backwards if, for those who want to see stricter measures, what's already on the books, it, it could move the other way.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think in the coming years, whenever there is a gun law in front of the Supreme Court, there is a good chance that the court will rule in favor of looser restrictions. So this
0: call that Biden has made for an assault weapons ban—that's so unlikely to happen, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's not it's not likely, and anything at the federal level like that is going to take congressional action, and uh, it, there just isn't the political will on Capitol Hill to do that right now.
0: Reese, I have to say this this does feel like this horrible deja vu because it's, once again, we're hearing about a mass shooting, multiple mass shootings. But then there's also this feeling of, well, lawmakers, there's only so much they can do or are willing to do or are capable of doing. And it it can feel sort of hopeless. So I wonder, since you were on the ground in Monterey Park and speaking with members of the community, what did they have to say in the wake of this violence? And what do they want the rest of us to know about gun violence and and gun restrictions and is there anything we should be thinking about that we're not in in these sort of policy conversations?
1: Yeah, people in Monterey Park just like, you know, people in countless communities across America that have seen these spasms of of violence, you know, they're they're shattered, they're stunned and and they're still trying to process things. Um, A lot of people I've talked to are are afraid. Um, They told me that, you know, they thought their city was the safest place in the country, but now they're not so sure. Um, But also, city leaders want people to know that the community remains a safe haven. And Monterey Park especially has been that for a lot of Asian immigrants, and it, it was a, a place people could feel at home. And the leaders there want people to continue feeling that way. But I think everyone agrees that it's going to take a while to get back to that.
0: Reese, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Reese Thibault is the Post's West Coast correspondent. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced by Ariel Plotnick, with help from Arjun Singh and Lucas Trevor. It was mixed by Sam Baer and edited by Robin Amer. Special thanks to Scott Wilson, Mark Berman, and Todd Frankel. I'm Elahe Izadi. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post.